forward to the cloud. All right, perfect. We are live, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Ecom Hot Seat. Today, I have the guys from Agency JR who are email marketers for e-commerce and D2C brands. Um, so without further ado, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you for having us on. It's exactly. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit about us. Uh, my name is Reynas. I'm here with my business partner, Jacob. And as Sofian just mentioned, uh, we do email marketing. Uh, we primarily focus on e-commerce stores, but we also work with some fellas that run information products uh, like digital courses and, and whatnot. Uh, so we've had experience on, on, on both ends and um, both kind of those businesses, they're a bit different. So we can combine the lessons we learn from, from each one of them and uh, evolve them together, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know you guys work with info products. So it'd be interesting to see kind of what are your main learnings that you see in the two different types of business models um, and how do you apply that within your email marketing strategy? We could probably get into that um, later down the line, but you yeah. know, both of you guys on is, is quite special because I've never had two guests on firstly. Um, I've got a big backlog of episodes at the moment that I need to put out. So um, <clears throat> what do you think it is about you two as agency business partners that you make up for within the other person or that exists between you two that helps you guys click so well um, when running your business together? Yeah, uh, essentially like with partners in general, like the most important thing, at least in my opinion, is that uh, you, both of you are not essentially the same person, that there are differences. And essentially, as you mentioned, they, those differences complement each other. For example, with me and Rainus, um, I'm curious to see what, what Rainus has to say, but uh, generally I'd say um, I'm more of the laid back guy, the slower guy, where Rainus is the energetic, always, always forward thinking guy. So in terms of that, that's like a big contrast we have between how we how we think, how we how we work, and essentially everything relating to our work. So that'd be the biggest, let's say, complement, basically yin and yang, and in a sense. Um, that, that'd be definitely one. Obviously, there are specifics to all like email marketing strategies and whatnot. But if we had to uh, stick to one component of that, I'd say he's the fast, energetic guy. But I'm more of the slower, more laid back guy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. One thing I'd definitely like to add is I feel one thing that helps us out is kind of like that mutual accountability and mutual growth because we are partners. So, um, we're essentially working on, 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 on the same goal. And one thing, which is kind of like going a bit away from your topic, what I've found, which has been great for, for my growth individually um, by, by working with Jacob is being able to really dive into and understand another, uh, another person's perspective. So like when you're on your own, you're kind of relying on your, on your own, which on one, one hand is, is fine, but the, on the other, it's good to have that second view second pov and as jacob mentioned with with me kind of being the, the fast thinking guy a lot of times like i come up with ideas hey let's do this let's do that jacob he kind of slows it down he's like okay maybe you know have you have you thought of this perspective have you thought of this is this really the right thing to do so then we kind of contrast and, and we complement each other at the same time uh and also as i mentioned the accountability aspect where where um you're really working on on, on something together and naturally just you just push each other to do more and you learn from each other uh, as, as you grow and it just it's just great for aggressive growth in my opinion 
Yeah, actually, to quickly expand on this before we get to the next question, I don't know if you noticed, but actually recently, like a year ago, moved into the same apartment. Uh, so basically just focusing on growth. We live together, work together, basically do everything together. We don't have anything else to do but just work. So that definitely is a yeah. big factor in the aggressive scaling and the aggressive growth as well. Are there specific areas of the business that each of you manage and, and have kind of your, your specialism in? Yeah, so obviously we have, so there isn't really like a clear cut difference. There are essentially something I focus on, something Rainus focus, focuses on, but there still is like a part of that that Rainus can come in and tell me uh, what, what they think and then vice versa. I can tell him what, what I think about this work, but generally um, I think Rainus would be the one more focused on, I don't I don't even know how, how you could... Um, classify that perhaps Rain, you well, can explain a bit more about what you're well doing. yeah i mean i i mean i guess like what i'm typically focusing on on day-to-day -day basis is kind of like more the, the sales side of things like kind of the front end client acquisition etc etc um as well as in terms of the back end um we kind of have our specialty as well so you know on the bigger picture, I'm kind of more focused on sales. Jacob's fo more focused on on the team itself, the back end, and whatnot. Um, as for when we look deeper into the business, Jacob knows more, you know, more about email strategy. He's deeper into that, whereas as I'm a bit more um, curious about copywriting, like this, discovering more about that, learning about how to write great copy. How can you think about a product? How can you do, do research? Um, and this is why in the business, Jacob is more in the e-commerce side of things. And, uh, I decided, you know, let's, Hey, let, let's create kind of like a, a part for a business where you focus on just info products, because it is more copyright, copyright, um, copywriting focused. Uh, and that's what we've done right now in the business as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. I think so in terms of breaking it down in terms of the two separate niches that you guys work with in e-commerce and info products, um, Obviously, a lot of the email marketing emails that I receive from e-commerce brands are heavily focused on email design more so than email copy necessarily. Is that something that you guys kind of implement within your business? How do you guys see the balance between uh, implementing copy versus implementing a really cool design? Yeah. So with, with this, there's actually a funny perspective. I, I don't know if Jacob, ha I, don't, I haven't told this actually to Jacob at all. Because like when we first got into the e-com side of the business, I took a lot of the principles from info product copywriting because that was what something I was more familiar with. And um, what we were doing for the most part, we were doing just text-based emails, uh, like even for e-commerce stores, brands and whatnot, instead of designs. Now, there are some positives to doing um, just plain Jane emails, which are just text over designs. Like, you know, you can create emails which are more personal. You can create emails which fit within the email marketing medium. Whereas when you talk to your colleagues, when you talk to your friends, you're going to be talking over text rather than, you know, email designs. Whereas designs, they have their, they have their own place. Uh, and it's been something we've been leaning more towards right now. Uh, because designs, they add a lot more of a branded feel to the email. Um, so copy can be something like plain Jane emails can be something which is very personal, very down to earth, whereas designs can be something which, which showcase different aspects of products. They're more branded, more visual. Uh, Jacob, maybe what are your two cents on this? 
Yeah, especially once we start the agency, we're definitely more heavily, heavily more focused on the text-based emails, uh, which is this really thing, a really unique approach to e-commerce email marketing. Right now, uh, I think the focus right now is a bit more in the image-based emails, but they definitely still are implementing and will implement uh, image, I mean, text-based emails as well, as they do have their place. And in some cases, they are massively outperforming regular image-based emails. So it's yeah. getting the best, best of both worlds, if it makes sense. Yeah. It's like in the ad world, you know, some people tell you to test image ads and video ads. The same thing in here, it's worth testing design ads and, and these plain Jane emails. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so in, on the topic of email design then, um, what are some tools that you guys recommend to, let's say I'm a brand owner, I do all my email marketing myself. Um, I'm limited in the sense that, you know, I, perhaps I run ads, perhaps I do customer support. What are some tools that you guys recommend to uh, brand owners that are doing email by themselves to run their emails better, build better campaigns, um, you know, build better creative and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, uh, the first thing I, I suggest is getting a designer. You have to definitely help them out a lot in case their budget is limited and whatnot. Um, I'd say Canva would, would be the easiest option to learn and use for like basic basic header images and whatnot. But then also I'd highly suggest mastering and really learning the Klaviyo template builders and basically having that email template itself, like the header, footer, the product blocks and whatnot built out really well that fits the brand because you can really do a lot of with a lot of with the Klaviyo template builders so just master that uh, just create a quick easy good design on Canva for the header image and you should be set in in that department basically focus on the basics no no need to go overboard and at firstly you look for a designer that would massively help uh, but yeah yeah I think Canva is super underrated like so many like I've used it previously and until I got the pro subscription of it, I didn't even know the capabilities. Like I know brands that run their entire business, like their entire website, imagery, banners, emails, everything. Yeah. Canva, even their sale creatives and the things you can do with that. And it's, it's very, very simple. You don't need to be tech savvy. Like you don't need to understand Photoshop and all the complexities of that. It's yeah. like simple plug and play uh, templates and you can get very creative with the different elements and stuff and create some really cool designs. So yeah, I definitely second that. It's it's super easy to use. Like for a lot of our presentations, we use we use Canva because it's easy to create beautiful looking presentations with the information you need in the snap of a finger. Um, for some of the mo more advanced uh, e-com store owners, maybe people who use Photoshop and whatnot, uh, or who want to learn Photoshop, there's another tool, which I, I'm pretty sure it's free. I'm not too sure. It's I think it's called Figma. Uh, and it's kind of like Photoshop, but just online. So it's uh, also, it's a bit more advanced, but there might be some people who want that. Um, so that's another tool I wanted to throw out there. Okay, awesome. Figma and Canva. Guys, look into that if you haven't already. Um, okay, so let's move on to copywriting then. Um, what is your approach to writing copy? First on the info product side and then on the e-commerce side. Right, so... On the info product side, it's very, very difficult because me and Jacob, we were, we were talking about this uh, this and last week. Um, we were trying to systematize it a bit more, systematize the research and whatnot. The biggest challenge with info products is 
there's so many different funnels and so many different ways you can market a product, unlike e-commerce. Uh, so info products is very, very complicated. So you need to firstly understand what, what funnel is someone, someone running. Because if someone's running a webinar funnel, it's going to be vastly different than somebody who is running a Legion funnel that then you know, takes people to a video sales letter, like a landing page, maybe with a low ticket offer, and then tries to push people to a call. The deliverables, the type of emails that need to be created, they're so much different. This is not so much on the copywriting side as, as kind of the strategy side, but um, even for copywriting, you have to understand the funnel so you know what types of emails to write. And then when we actually dive into copywriting itself, you really have to understand the person who is um, uh, creating the product, like what kind of language they use, what's their personality, like are they super outgoing, are they maybe calm and laid back, you know? And then on the other hand, you have to understand uh, what are the customers? What's their age range? Why are they buying this product? What are they looking for? Maybe if they're selling like a, a make money online course, are they looking for side income? Are they looking you know, to replace their income? If it's a fitness product, are they looking to maybe just lose fat? Are they complete beginners? Or have they already lost fat and they want to gain muscle maybe? Or they've been in fitness for one, two years. They see the plateau. They want to take themselves to the next level. They don't know how. Uh, so so there's a lot of these variables which you have to think about and you have to think about them deeply and only then you can start writing good emails um, from a purely, purely copy basis. And a lot of these principles, they go over to the e-commerce side as well, in my opinion, because if you truly understand the customer, you can write more personalized emails, you can write more interesting emails. Uh, to give you an example, this is actually an email Jacob sent out. We're working with, together with this company that sells blue light blocking glasses. And um, once we did the research, we figured out that their perfect buyers are girls in age range from 18 to 24 years old. They're what we like to call the social butterfly types, meaning they don't care as much about the functionality as kind of like looking cute and buying these as cute accessories. So what Jacob did, he wrote an email promoting three unrated Netflix shows. At first, it might seem like, why would you promote Netflix to to an audience is buying blue looking glasses. Well, the thing is with, with, these, with these people, they're going to be at screens all day. They're going to be on social media watching Netflix. And it's just, it just one of the natural things to talk about, have a conversational email about. And then at the bottom of the email, uh, what we wrote was like, hey, if you're going to be watching these Netflix shows, you might as well protect your eyes and look cute to these blue looking glasses. So here's a link. You can go buy them. Um, and really that understanding of the customer is what led us to that point, to that email, for example. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's a lot of brands nowadays are very transactional with their, with their marketing. Like it's buy this, do this offer shipping, whatever. But when you, when you take that approach and you, you put a little bit more time into, into your customer avatar, understanding who they are and then finding Netflix shows to actually recommend them that they can probably watch and, you know, they're going to hold your brand in much higher regard and probably remember you for a lot longer, even if they don't purchase, for example. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. For that show. Yeah. I even remember how, like, I, I remember the moment Jake was actually writing that email. Uh, like, I'm, I'm sitting besides him, he's over there writing, and he looks up to me, he says, Rain, it's like, do you know, do you know any shows that are amazing on Netflix, but are, <laughs> that are underrated? And 
and like i don't watch netflix at all i tell him like i have no clue don't ask me anything about that so like he was he was texting his girlfriend he was texting around other people he he knew to like kind of know these uh to figure out which ones these shows these shows are and this kind of leads us to another lesson on copywriting whether that's for for ads whether that's for emails and that's actually talk to the people who are your target audience because then you can truly understand what they're looking for. It's something um, what I was listening to J Jason Capital's um, a course where, where they partnered up with one of Agora's copywriters. For those of you who don't know what Agora is, it's a huge, huge company. I think they make about 1.8 billion a year, if not more. And they focus on writing um, physical letters, video sales letters that sell different info products, like a huge, huge company. And what they talked about is, for example, in their case, their copywriters, they have to watch TV. They have to watch like, you know, Seinfeld, those different shows, because their perfect buyer's avatar, for the most part, are older people. So they have to use the same language they use. They have to understand different references they could, they could talk about. They read, you know, news about uh, Ronald Reagan. Like, what did he do in presidency days? Just so he could, they could figure out some interesting stories people would resonate, people would remember. Um, and it can make for not just interesting, you know, emails or copy, but for something that connects with the audience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's super powerful. Okay, cool. So let's, uh, we've got about five minutes left on the timer. Um, so let's move on to a specific case study. You don't, you guys don't have to mention obviously the brand names for confidentiality reasons, but has there been a specific instance where, you know, there was a brand who was having a horrible time with email you guys came in, transformed their strategy, and now they're doing 30, 40, 50% of their email, uh, their revenue through email. And kind of what did that process look like? Yeah, for sure. I'm actually going to share my screen. Are you able to uh, allow screen sharing real quick? Yeah. So to the people that are going to be watching the video version, they're going to know what we're talking about. Um, so right now on the screen, you can see a few cases. We've just pulled them out. Um, I'll start with the first one because this one's the most interesting one. Here's a store that was doing about 600K a month in sales. Before working with us, they were doing 6.5K uh, just from emails. And we boosted that up to uh, 269K in sales. Uh, so a pretty nice increase. We held on scale from 600K a month to 819K a month. And really what this came down to is whenever we work with somebody, whenever we onboard a new client, we focus on implementing two main mechanisms into any business. One's a front-end sales booster. The other one's a repeat buyer and profit generator. To keep things simple, the front-end sales booster is where we focus on converting non-buyers into buyers. So for example, people who abandon a checkout, we focus on converting them. People who go to the site, stay for longer they're they're interested in the product but for some reason they're not ready to buy yet we can show them a pop-up get their email and sell them if not today then tomorrow three weeks five weeks from now um uh, and then also send them like some specific campaigns to non-buyers maybe answering some some of their uh, frequently asked questions and whatnot um and and yeah that's how we're able to generate amazing results like as you can see on the screen We've been outperforming the industry average by quite a, a nice margin. Uh, so, yeah. And then the other thing which we focus on is, uh, which is really our edge, is to really understanding who the perfect customer is. 
Now we do this by borrowing customer research techniques from direct response marketers. I've been referencing them for a while in this podcast, like people that do write copy for Agora and whatnot, and utilizing their customer research techniques to understand the customer and implement the perfect buyer's avatar for the direct consumer brands. Um, and this leads us to kind of the other mechanism, which is repeat buyer and profit generator. Now for this particular store, what had happened, they had been generating quite a lot of sales, but they weren't focusing on email marketing at all. And they had this huge email list of buyers and non-buyers just sitting in their Shopify store that was doing nothing. So we went in, we started reaching out to different segments of the, of the emails. Uh, the people who have placed an order before, people who haven't placed an order. And we started sending personalized messages to each one of those segments. Uh, and like in short, that's how we were able to generate more sales for that particular customer. But one thing I haven't mentioned and which doesn't really show up here in the total revenue is um, something which kills a lot of e-com stores profit. It's chargebacks and refunds. And what we focus as well in email marketing is making sure people don't feel buyer's remorse after placing an order or, you know, for fellas that are doing dropshipping, we focus on setting the right expectations for the customers. So people don't think their products are going to arrive in three days and then it takes two weeks and then I issue a chargeback. Whereas on the website somewhere it might have been said, but it hasn't been said clear enough. So we focus essentially on the sales side of things, turning non-buyers into buyers, turning people who have already placed an order to buy again and again and again, and also mitigating refunds and chargebacks. And as a result, we're typically able to generate anywhere from 15 to 30% of the total revenue just from email marketing. Um, and that's kind of like the bird's eye overview. Maybe Jacob, you have any any specifics you wanted to mention? Maybe something I missed? Um, not, not specifically about the process, that the process relatively stays the same brand, brand, brand for brand. Uh, but what I wanted to essentially point out about this specific case is that it basically happened in one month. So I think in December, they were at that before figures, so roughly 600K. 600K. And then in January, that's essentially started working with them at the end of December. And then January for the full month, that was the figure. So we essentially one month's time added like more than 250K in e email revenue. So yeah, essentially that. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the, the big transformations with email marketing or Facebook ads or anything like that come from just giving it more attention and hiring an agency to do that kind of alleviates that from your, from your plate completely. And, you know, when you start to focus on something naturally, you're going to improve at it. And those sorts of numbers are, exist because, you know, you've got somebody full-time dedicated to making that sales channel as profitable as possible, irrespective of anything else. And then you end up with results like that, where you're able to go from 6K to 260K in, you know, just a couple of months, which is, which is crazy. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, you guys shared a lot of, a lot of really powerful stuff. Our timer just went off, but I want to round up with um, a couple of book recommendations that you guys have on the topic of copywriting for people to improve their copywriting for uh, webinars, emails, uh, ads, even. Jacob, maybe you have something I'm thinking of mine. Uh, oh, 
Oh, I don't think I have anything specific about copywriting, but I really, if anybody hasn't read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that would be the main book I'd recommend to anyone. Uh, first of all, it isn't really directly related to copywriting, but if you're able to implement the principles of the book, uh, it's sure going to help copywriting and basically any other aspect of your life. So that's that. In terms of copywriting, I think Rainus would, would, would be able to give you better suggestions that he's that's yeah. his main forte. Yeah. So like really with copywriting, the, the most I've gotten is, has actually been from courses. Uh, so actually, even though Jason Capital, I'm not too sure on a lot of the programs he makes, but the, the, the copywriting course is actually like extremely good. Uh, he was asking all the right questions. It's laid down. It's laid out very, very well on how somebody can learn how to write like in-depth copy. And it's just not, not, not just the emails, it's VSLs, like webinars, landing pages, how you should even think about writing copy. But one book, which has actually helped me out, um, has been a book called Influence. I wouldn't know the, own, the uh, writer of the email right now, not the email, but the book. Uh, I'd have to check it. But Influence was a very, very good book. It just talked about different principles on how you can get um, uh, other people to react in a certain way. And what it was really talking about how we as humans, we have a, a few of these automatic triggers. Like for example, when we see a price, when we see a higher priced item, we just naturally assume it might be higher quality, right? And how you can leverage these kind of errors in our human mind, which just happen automatically to influence other people. Um, and it's also a, a very, very nice book because sometimes when other people are trying to influence you, you can kind of spot some of the tactics uh, and uh, if somebody's trying to manipulate you, you can even call them out. Worst case scenario. So that, <laughs> that, that, that's been a fun book. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of touching on that, just to, just to round that up, when you are writing copy, I think if you focus on the pain um, that your customer or your end user is going to have, like people are programmed to avoid pain more so than they are to chase pleasure. Like, and so yeah, uh, a fitness product, you know, try and play on don't try and play on necessarily the end result of an excellent physique but maybe focus on the, the negative uh, consequences of staying where they are and, and being in the situation that they are because people will do anything to avoid that and they'll pay any amount of money to get out of that situation as well and so you know it's kind of a yin and yang between balancing product solution versus uh sorry product benefits versus existing problems uh, and pro problems that you can solve and then position your product to to solve okay Awesome. So that pretty much brings us to the end. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, this has been really powerful. First time we've had anyone do a screen share and like a mini webinar <laughs> within within the podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that'll be uh, valuable to, to people listening uh, or, or at least watching on YouTube. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Having us. Thank you for having us on. Awesome. I'll be excited to catch up with you guys in six to 12 months when, you know, you guys are blown up even bigger. Um, you're making a lot of noise at the moment from what I see of, of you guys on Instagram and stuff. So yeah, guys, if you're listening, um, please like subscribe, uh, leave a comment. If you're on YouTube comment, what you thought was the most valuable piece of information within the podcast. Uh, if you're on Spotify, please follow uh, rate and review the show. It really helps. Um, and apart from that, we'll see you guys on the next episode next week. Take care guys. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.